Good afternoon. I am Father Jason Emerson, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Nativity in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. You have tuned in to the Nativity Podcast, where we explore the love of God through scripture, reason, and tradition. Today, we are continuing our series on the Catechism of the Episcopal Church. For a look at the entire Catechism, please check out the link in the show notes. We're going to cover two sections today, the Old Covenant and the Ten Commandments. Last week, we covered the section on God the Father, which talked about how God revealed God's self through creation and the special relationship with the Jews. As was mentioned, the last question of the God the Father section is, how was this revelation handed down to us? This revelation was handed down to us through a community created by a covenant with God, was the answer given. And this week, we're going to dive into that covenant. The first question of the section entitled The Old Covenant is, what is meant by a covenant with God? A covenant is a relationship initiated by God to which a body of people responds in faith. So we inherit this covenant relationship, this relationship that was initiated by God with a body of people, and that crew of people responded in faith. That is to say, they trusted God. If we think about being faithful to someone, faith is built on trust. When a couple vows to be faithful to each other, they are trusting that their partner will do certain things and not do other things. So what we inherit is this relationship that began with God's revelation to a group of people and became a covenantal relationship, which leads to the next question. What is the Old Covenant? The Old Covenant is the one given by God to the Hebrew people, is the answer given in the prayer book. We, as Christians, inherit this relationship that God first made with the Hebrew people, that is to say, the Jews. Now, this is important because, first of all, too much of Christian history has been anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish. However, as we will see further into the Catechism, God made promises to the Jewish people, and eventually we were brought into those promises. For Christians to be anti-Jewish is an insult to God. We must always respect the covenant, the promises God made to the Jews, God's chosen people. So God made a covenant with the ancient Hebrews, which leads us to our next question in the Catechism, which is, what did God promise them? The answer, God promised that they would be his people to bring all the nations of the world to him. Now, I've said it the last two weeks, and I'll say it again this week. Uh, I am hopeful that uh, the Episcopal Church will update its gender language for God uh, within my lifetime. Um, uh, And there are definitely uh, uses of the male imagery to describe God within Scripture, but there's also a variety of other imagery to you images used to describe God in holy scripture both female uh, images and male images exist as well as a host of other different types of images so i'm hoping that we'll uh, expand our usage whenever we get around to editing the prayer book 
Um, and let me also say, again, about just to reference the question again, let me read the answer. God promised that they, the Hebrew people, would be his people to bring all the nations of the world to him. Okay. God did not choose the Hebrews because God was lonely and wanted some people to worship, to worship God. No, the Hebrews were chosen for a purpose. Sometimes we use the poetic language of them being chosen to be the light of the world. That is to say, they were chosen to enlighten the world, to share with the world the creating and loving God that had been revealed to them. Now, a covenant goes two ways. God made promises and expected a behavioral response from the chosen people. So the next question in the catechism is, what response did God require from the chosen people? And the answer, God required the chosen people to be faithful, to love justice, to do mercy, and to walk humbly with their God. Now, Loving justice, doing mercy, and walking humbly with God sounds just fine and dandy, but what does that mean? Indeed, we're about to discuss what we call the Old, Old Testament, part of the sacred texts of Christianity, which we call the Bible. And a significant part of what we find in the Old Testament is the story of the ancient Hebrews trying to figure out exactly how to love justice, how to do mercy, and walk humbly with God. Indeed, we as Christians are still doing the same thing. Going to just about any church on a Sunday, especially an Episcopal church, and both the sermon and all the ministries of the congregation can be described as... Um, and we would hope would in fact be uh, attempts to love justice, do mercy, and walk humbly with God. That is our continuing exploration. A little later, we'll get into some specifics of what living out these three things looks like from the perspective of the Old Covenant. For the moment, the next question in the Catechism. Where is the Old Covenant to be found? The answer the covenant with the Hebrew people is to be found in the books which we call the Old Testament. That doesn't need much comment, except to note that what Christians call the Old Testament, Jews call the Hebrew Scriptures. These are shared texts between the two traditions, and Christians should remember that they were sacred Scriptures for the Jews first. Next question. Where in the Old Testament is God's will for us shown most clearly? God's will for us, and the answer is that the answer given is God's will for us is shown most clearly in the Ten Commandments. This is another segue question because the next question in the Catechism is the Ten Commandments. So, diving into this section, uh, I'm not going to read you the Ten Commandments. They are easily found. If you're looking for them in the prayer book, they're on page 350. So the first question of the Ten Commandments section is obvious enough. What are the Ten Commandments? The answer given, the Ten Commandments are the laws given to Moses and the people of Israel. So again, my objective is to give this introduction to the faith without being churchy. That is, without assuming any previous knowledge about Christianity or any other faith tradition as well. So who is this Moses guy? 
Moses is known as one of, if not the key prophet in the history of the Jews. Now, we often think of prophets as people who predict the future, when in fact, they aren't fortune tellers. In the history of the Jewish people, prophets are people who speak on behalf of God, calling the people of Israel to greater faithfulness, calling the people to love justice, do mercy, and walk humbly with God. The saga of Moses and how he came to receive these Ten Commandments can be found in the Bible, in what is called the book of Exodus. So, next question. What do we learn from these commandments? We learn two things. Our duty to God and our duty to our neighbors. So, how do we do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? The rubber hits the road on these edicts and how we behave in our relationship to others. First and foremost, our relationship to God, the ultimate other, but also our relationship to other people. The Ten Commandments outline right behavior first towards God and then with our neighbors. In the next question, the Catechism discusses our duty to God as outlined in the Ten Commandments. The Catechism doesn't quote the Ten Commandments either. Rather, it offers a very short commentary on each one. So, the question, what is our duty to God? The answer, our duty to God, is to believe and trust in God, to love and obey God, and to bring others to know God, to put nothing in the place of God, to show God respect and thought, word, and deed, and to set aside regular times for worship, prayer, and the study of God's ways. Then we move into the, our neighbors. What is our duty to our neighbors? The answer, our duty to our neighbors is to love them as ourselves and to do to other people as we wish them to do to us, to love, honor, and help our parents and family, to honor those in authority and to meet their just demands, to show respect for the life God has given us, to work and pray for peace, to bear no malice, prejudice, or hatred in our hearts, and to be kind to all the creatures of God, to use all our bodily desires as God intended, to be honest and fair in our dealings, to seek justice, freedom, and the necessities of life to all people, and to use our talents and possessions as ones who must answer for them to God, to speak the truth and not to mislead others by our silence, to resist temptations to envy, greed, and jealousy, to rejoice in other people's gifts and graces, and to do our duty for the love of God, who has called us into fellowship with Him. I don't think there's much need for commentary here. Indeed, entire books have been written, written on the Ten Commandments. But I do want to say that it's really hard, maybe even impossible for anyone to keep all of these commandments all of the time. I mean, at the very least, who hasn't been envious of someone else's good fortune? I know I have. So, that leads into the next question of the Catechism. What is the purpose of the Ten Commandments? 
The Ten Commandments were given to define our relationship with God and our neighbors, is the answer. Doing the commandments is the way to a healthy and full life. Our experience of life, as either good or bad, fulfilling or empty, comes from our relationships with God and with other people. Furthermore, following the commandments is evidence that we are loving justice, doing mercy, and walking humbly with God, that we are being faithful to God in our relationships to God directly and with other people. Again, we always fail at this. We fail at keeping the commandments completely. So the catechism turns to this situation, this dynamic, this fact that we fail in its next question. Since we do not fully obey them, are the commandments useful at all? And the answer is, since we do not fully obey them, we see more clearly our sin and our need for redemption. Basically, the Ten Commandments give us a mirror, a reflection by which to see how we distort what it is to be human. Remember from our discussion of creation, we are created for goodness, and the commandments give us a measuring rod by which we know not only that we fail, but that we need redemption. As we move ahead in the catechism, we'll explore how God provides this very redemption. So that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you very much for joining in. If you came to the podcast via Facebook, please like, comment, and share it around. We'd really appreciate that. If you're a subscriber through iTunes, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. That helps with our circulation. And again, I'm Father Jason, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Nativity in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And I'm reminding you, God loves you more than you can imagine. 